Welcome back to the Euctropolis Podcast. I'm your host, James Hill. Today, two questions, and hopefully two answers. We'll see. The first is that ever-popular question, how can you have a chord with no root note? Isn't that just weird? Isn't that kind of like having a tree with no roots in the ground? How is that even possible? So we'll try to, once and for all, answer the question, can you have a chord with no root? And if so, how? And secondly, a question about stage fright. How you can overcome your fear of performance, how you can prepare in creative ways to do your best on stage, how you can become a more poised and confident performer through better preparation. So let's get right to it. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. This question comes from Donna, and Donna is working on the ukulele jazz course uh, on Euctropolis. And she's um, onto a lesson um, called shish kebab. <laughs> and I'm using the analogy of a shish kebab with all, you know, like a, a bunch of different um, layers sort of stacked on top of one another. I'm using this analogy to try to explain how chords are actually constructed. Because in jazz, that really helps. <laughs> if, you, if you know how, how chords are built, then uh, you have... Um, you're just going to have more fun. That's really what it comes down to. So she says, very succinctly, very to the point, Donna, she says, Hi, James. Please explain why the F9 has no F. And also why the C9 has no C. Thanks, Donna. <laughs> I just love this. I love this because she's like so to the point and it is a question that comes up a lot when people first encounter uh, what you might call rootless um, chords on the ukulele or rootless voicings on the ukulele. She says, why is there no root? How can you have a chord called F9 that has no F note in it? It would be like, I don't know, having a sign at the end of a driveway saying, welcome to the Smith's house. And then, and then you go in and, and the Smiths don't even live there. You're like, why do you, why do you have a sign on the driveway that says this is where the Smiths live and then there's no, no, nobody named Smith inside? That's just confusing. How can you even call this the Smith's house? That's how it feels when you first come across rootless voicings. You're like, you're calling this F9 and the F doesn't even live here. What gives? You know, it's it's very <laughs> frustrating and seems just bonkers. Well, let me see. How did I actually respond to Donna? I said, good question, Donna. I said, would you believe that the root of a chord, the root note, that very note after which the chord is named, would you believe that it is the least important note in a jazz chord? It's true. And the reason is, very simply, someone else in the band, usually the bass player, but sometimes the guitar player or the pianist, someone else in the band will probably be playing that note. So we don't have to. Especially when we only have four strings, 
and 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 we have like a six note chord and you have to choose something to leave out let someone else do that one they're happy to play the root the bass player that's the bass player's job you know let them do their thing you know you don't have to double up on the you don't have to state the obvious if the bass player is already banging away on that note um, we have other things to do. We have other fish to fry on on our ukuleles. Uh, but here's the magic of it. You know, that's the practical answer. But the sort of magical answer of uh, um, why you don't need to play the root in a jazz chord, the magic answer is even if you're playing solo and you don't have a bass player and you don't have a guitarist, you don't have a pianist, even if it's just you... And you're playing C minor 7 to F9 to B flat. Somehow, our ears know these sounds so well that in most cases, it's going to, our ears are going to follow the harmonic movement without needing that root note at all. This progression that I'm playing right now has a missing root in the second chord. This one here. It sounds great. And it leads inexorably to home. And yet it doesn't have the root, the note after which it's named. That's F9. I was playing F13. And uh, that's the magical answer. That's the... That's the magic of the way we perceive uh, sounds and the way that culturally we understand sounds. And in fact, um, the more important sort of audio marker that the ear listens for in a chord, more important uh, than the, the root note, um, especially when we're talking about nine chords, because that's what um, Don is talking about here, the more important audio marker that signals to the ear what the role of this chord is and what to expect next, the more important thing is the tritone interval between the third and the seventh of the chord. That, if you mess with that little interval, then the chord really does start to dissolve and the meaning can't be discerned by, by the ear. So, yeah, there are some things that are off limits. Don't mess with the tritone. But we can do without the root, turns out, as long as that salty interval uh, is there to resolve. Uh, then we're just fine. And it turns out that that is the more important audio marker uh, for us. So I hope that that helps uh, Donna and anyone else out there who's wondering why the Smiths don't live here, even though there's a sign that says, welcome to the Smiths house. Um, a couple of questions here from from the chat. I think this would be a good time to answer a couple of questions from the chat. We have just enough time for that. Um, okay. The first one is, let me see. The first one is about uh, performance anxiety 
when it comes to performing on stage. I am decently fluent when I play by myself, but whenever there is another set of eyes or a camera in front of me, I mess up. Oh boy. I, um, I'm certainly not an expert on, on dealing with this sort of stage fright. Cause I, I think first of all, I always get nervous. Um, when I perform or even before I log on to, you know, a live stream, I think that's totally natural and good. It means that you're alive, you know? So a certain amount of nerves are good. People sometimes ask me, you know, are you feeling nervous uh, for this show? You know, you're just about to go on. Are you feeling nervous? Uh, first of all, that's not a very helpful question. So if you're in that position, ask something else. Cause that's not a very helpful question. But if, if somebody says, are you nervous? Um, Sometimes I'll say, well, well, of course I'm nervous. Uh, I'd, I'd be more nervous if I wasn't nervous. That would be weird, you know. Um, but there is a difference between being nervous and being scared. Those are two very different things. Um, sometimes I have dreams that I'm going on stage and I don't know the music. Like, I... It's not that I know it and I'm worried that I'm not going to play it right. I literally don't know it. That's a fear dream. That's that's abject fear. But nerves is a different thing. And I think knowing the difference between the two is important. Um, if you are backstage or getting ready to go on at an open mic and you feel fear, like you need to run uh, and hide under a tree that's that's one thing that's a that's a different category from if you just have butterflies right uh, in your stomach so um that's one thing um if you have true fear um you need to look at that more carefully and decide probably with somebody who's a lot more qualified than me you know what um what to do about that if you have true fear uh, of, of performing. If you're just a little nervous, you have butterflies, your, your hands are a bit clammy, you, you're, you're like, uh, you know, you have to pee. <laughs> Sometimes Ann and I look at each other and say, ah, it's, an, it's just nervous pee, don't worry. Uh, it, your body does weird things when you're about to go into a situation like that because it's preparing to be at its best. It's preparing to be at a, in a heightened state. You know what it's like when you're on stage. Um, you perceive everything in, in, a, in a heightened state. Um, it's almost like you're you're experiencing a higher frame rate on stage than the audience is. Sometimes, you know, you'll be on stage and something will happen. You'll fall off the fretboard or you'll miss a note and it feels like the world has just come crashing down uh, because, oh my goodness, I missed that slide from C to, to, to F. Oops, I went to G instead. And you think, how will I ever recover? And then you watch a video that somebody took of it and you don't even hear that mistake. It's because you were experiencing that moment in such high resolution because your 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 whole body was bristling. Uh, your senses were just heightened. And so your body is doing some pretty amazing stuff in those moments. And that's why performers over-prepare. Um, two examples. One is um, Yo-Yo Ma, the great cellist. If you hear cello in the background, by the way, Anne is teaching a lesson right upstairs right now. So if you're being serenaded by the sweet sounds of cello, that's why. 
um, Yo-Yo Ma, the, the famous cellist, would practice in his practice room in a snowsuit wearing the tuxedo that he was going to wear in the performance coming up. And I've never tried this, but I really <laughs> admire what he's trying to do to recreate the performance environment where you feel like you can't move properly and you're sweating so much. If you can recreate some of those um, scenarios um, in your practice, then you'll be that much more prepared. <clears throat> Do I Am I recommending that everybody go out and buy a snowsuit just so they can practice ukulele? Not exactly, but you know what I'm saying, the, the idea of over-preparing. Sometimes what you can do that doesn't require buying a snowsuit is um, practice with distractions. I'm not saying do this all the time, but um, sometimes it's great to put the radio on, to put a Spotify playlist on quite loud, to put the TV on maybe in the background, watch a TV show quite loud, um, and see if you can still play. Um, put headphones on so that you can hardly hear yourself. Can you still play? How can you quickly and easily uh, recreate that um, the, 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 um, the environment that causes you to mess up because if you can recreate that and uh, get comfortable there well then when you get on stage and you can't see anyone because you're blinded by the lights you can't hear anything because the monitors are acting up and you can't see your fingers because you don't want to look down uh, and you're covered in sweat um, if you can recreate that and get comfortable there well then uh, it's not going to be such a shock when you get on stage this is super common I think most people feel that once they can do it at home, hey, they're ready. But it's more like once you can do it at home with two hands tied behind your back, blindfolded, then you're ready to try it on the stage. The second example that I was thinking of was um, the stories that I've heard from the uh, traditional Chinese opera, um, which is not opera the way the European opera tradition has it. It's more... It involves acrobatics as well and, and physical comedy and singing and acting and it's all kind of meshed together. So the story I heard was that um, uh, that in order to be allowed to walk across the stage, you first had to run across ice in high heels. <laughs> you know, maybe it's an apocryphal story, but the idea that to walk, first you had to run across ice in high heels, that gives you a sense of what it means to over-prepare for something. Um, Jackie Chan, for example, came out of the school of um, Chinese opera. And uh, I bet he's pretty good at running on ice and high heels at this point. Thanks for tuning in to the Euketropolis podcast. I'll be back again soon with another episode. Don't forget, you can join the next live taping of the podcast on the first Thursday of the month, go to euktropolis.com slash podcast to get the link to the live taping. In the meantime, head on over to euktropolis.com. We've got lots of unique and fun ukulele courses, everything from our amazing $1 absolute beginner course, all the way through to ukulele jazz and beyond. So head on over to euktropolis.com. I'll see you there. And in the meantime, 
keep on strumming. <laughs>